welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. I have come off of a pretty boring weekend, to be honest. Uh, we didn't really have any plans. And sometimes that can be a little bit triggering for me. I like relaxing. I like not having a super jam-packed schedule, uh, not just on the weekends, but during the week. But sometimes just sitting around in boredom kind of brings me back to pandemic times where it was like, there's nothing to do. We couldn't think of anything to do. We were just kind of like just sitting around. So it made me think about this subject matter of old habits die hard. Because I do think, yes, it's a saying, but there's a reason why it's a saying because there's a lot of truth to it. So before we jump into that, I do want to remind you, especially if you're new here or new to listening to the podcast, that I do have a couple of opportunities that you can join at any time. If you're like, that's it, Rachel, I'm sick and tired of this crap. I want to do something about it. You can try the try the 14-day break from booze. So maybe you didn't do dry January. Maybe you did. And you're like, hey, I just want a little more reinforcement as I move through February. That's an option. It's just little five-minute audio clips that kind of help you learn about your relationship with alcohol, help you evaluate it, and then help you in those two weeks kind of deciding what it is you want next for yourself. So that's an opportunity. And then there's also my Drink Less, Live More program, which is a 90-day program, which I personally believe is how we get this thing to stick and how we get old habits to die. Uh, is that more longer term opportunity, but I totally get if people just aren't there, you know, there was a time where I wasn't there either. So totally get it. Uh, but that is something you can do independently. I'm leading that group live as well, but that has closed. So the group that we have now is the group that will, will be there until the end of those 12 weeks. So a couple options for you. I'll put my, uh, website in the show notes. You can take a peek at those if you would like. Or you can just go to rachelpritz.com. That's my website name because I just am not creative enough to think of anything uh, better. I don't know, rachelpritz.com. So there we go. Um, so I do want to talk about this idea of habit. So when I first started my journey, just evaluating my relationship with alcohol, I really wasn't sure if this was a habitual thing or if I was truly dependent or addicted to alcohol. You know, alcohol, like, just in at its core is actually an addictive substance. Like when you give yourself a little bit, you want more. Um, anything that creates a dopamine kick like that is is gonna gonna have that impact on us for sure. So, um, so you know, I just I wasn't sure, but I was like, gosh, I have a really strong feeling that this is a habit. Like I've just created this habit, and I am a creature of habit. So if I start doing something, and if it brings me comfort. So if that's the reward I get from it is comfort, then I'm like, cool, like I will I will do this all day long. It's how I've been able to sustain consistently exercising over the last three years and for the most part eating pretty healthy. You know, I'm not a perfect eater, but I eat, you know, pretty healthy and I've been able to sustain those things because they have sort of become part of my routine. Like they're like part of my DNA now. They're just part of how I operate in the world because I've been doing them for so long. Many of you have probably heard, you know, it takes 21 days to break a habit or 30 days to break a habit. And that has somewhat been true for me. But I will tell you, it took me a lot longer to break this habit. And I think with alcohol, because it's just everywhere we go, you know, it's like 
like we're celebrating birthdays and those come every year and you know there's just all these things and we have the holidays and then we have the summer and we have concerts and those all are just like these constant like you know places where people are drinking alcohol so in my own journey reflecting back on it I really think that having an entire year without alcohol and going through all of those seasons was actually really helpful for me I experienced everything at least once while not drinking. And so that was really interesting to me to kind of get to experience that. And I'm not sure I would have had the results I had without that experience and getting out of kind of that, uh, you know, habit loop that I was in. But then when I was constantly plucked out and put into new scenarios and new environments throughout the year, I had to figure out how to shift in that environment or shift in that particular circumstance. So there's a lot of work there to kind of help this habit die hard. So many of you have probably read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. I, you know, people talk about it all the time. I can honestly say I haven't read the whole thing. So I bought it a long time ago and people were telling me how amazing it was back when I was still in my corporate job. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I was reading and I was like, duh. Like, I mean, I I don't mean to discount his work. I know it's been really powerful for a lot of people. But all of this just made complete logical sense. Like my brain already worked the way he was talking. So I was like, okay, this all makes sense. And I have to apply it to my own life, you know. So there were some things that I took from it. You know, he talks about the habit loop, uh, which I think is helpful for us to think about in this particular habit, if it truly is a habit. And that first uh, part of the loop is a cue. And I'll kind of walk you through some examples here because that's how I learn is to be like, okay, so what's a cue? Give me an example of that, Rachel. The second is you get a craving. The third is you have a response. The fourth is you end up with a reward, which is what we all want. We are just dying for rewards. And, you know, I've had previous episodes and inside of my program, I talk a lot about just kind of rewiring what a reward is for us and finding new reward systems. We have to be able to find new ways to get that same reward or even a better reward on the other side. So the interesting thing is what I think he didn't talk a lot about is the reward piece. So I had to figure out because I I actually believed that alcohol was rewarding me in some way. And in real time, it is, you know, like you are getting that dopamine hit and things feel great while you were drinking. And so like I had to figure out in my brain what I actually believed about that. Was it rewarding to feel like shit the next day? Was it rewarding to not be on my A game the next day? Was it rewarding to snap at my kids because I was impatient because I was slightly hungover? Was it rewarding to not be able to see all my hard work at the gym and in the kitchen just go to waste because I was drinking a bottle of wine a night? The answer is no to all of those. So, you know, I was just really, I was sort of numbing who I really was. And it was like, no, I want to live a full, vibrant life. So I like when I got to that, I'm like, wait a minute, this is no longer even rewarding. So that's where I got to a little bit of a deeper space with this work is when I started saying, okay, wait a minute, I don't even now see this as a reward anymore. And that's how you get through even desiring alcohol is if you can get to that place where you don't see it as a reward. And that includes your unconscious brain doesn't see it as a, a reward, which is a really hard one to tap into. Um, but we can all do it, right? We can all bring our, our unconsciousness to our consciousness if we really focus in on it and and do the work. So 
Let me walk through when I was drinking what the cue craving response reward would look like. Okay, so cue, get home from a long day at work. I'm exhausted, both emo- both emotionally and physically, because I probably ran to like 10 different buildings for different meetings, which was my old job. And I get home, probably pick up the kids from daycare. At the time, they were in daycare. And all I can think is, oh, my gosh, what are we going to eat for dinner? I didn't make a plan. What should we make? Oh, my gosh, I'm just so exhausted. I just want to sit down. Like, I just want to relax, but I can't because I have to get all these things done before the kids go to bed. And I want to spend some time with them, too. And, oh, my gosh, I didn't even work out today. So there's just this constant overwhelm when I would walk in the door. Like, it was immediate. And so that would be my cue. And then I would get the craving, which is that second habit loop piece. And I would be like, you know what? I could just open a bottle of wine right now and that would make cooking dinner a lot more pleasant. Ooh, that sounds like a great idea. So that was my response. That was number three. So I would run over, grab my wine out of the fridge, open it up and have that first glass. And ooh, yes, bam. Like I'm on to number four, the reward. That feels better. I don't feel as overwhelmed. Awesome. Okay. So Now, let me do this with how I do it today and kind of what it looks like today. So um, I now work from home most of the time. Sometimes I'm off site for leadership development types of things. For the most part, I'm at home, but I go and pick my kids up from after school care. So I go pick my kids up. I walk in the door. Sometimes they're immediately fighting. (laughs) Sometimes they um, are asking what we're doing tonight. Sometimes my daughter wants me to do a craft with her before we even walk in the door. And that's my cue. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed already. Like the overwhelm is not like that emotion of feeling overwhelmed and kind of numb just from the day and exhausted. That's not gone away. So it's there. Um, I have that cue. The craving I usually have is that I just know that I just want to relax for a little bit. Like I just want to sit down. I might even numb out on my phone to hop on TikTok for a few minutes. I might go upstairs and finish up a little bit of work because my office space is honestly very safe for me, feels very comforting to me. So that's sort of a habit that I've grown to where I'm like, okay, I'll just go upstairs for a little bit and get myself ready to go. Like almost like done with the work day and transitioning into the home life day or home life evening. Um, So my that, you know, is kind of my response, the the number three. So I will relax because that's really what I'm craving. I just want to just relax and not have to listen to anyone talk about all the things they want to do yet because I'm not ready yet. So that's my response. And then the reward is that I give myself five, 10 minutes and I feel a hell of a lot less overwhelmed. And suddenly there's this reward of like, okay, I'm ready to transition into this part of my life can feel pretty jarring to go from like thinking about work all day long, doing work, getting off sometimes some tough coaching calls. Sometimes people are really struggling with things and I'm the person to hold all of that for them. And then transitioning into, you know, being a mom and a wife and a sister and a daughter and all the things that come with our lives. A dog mom, you know, I'm always taking care of the dog and the pets and the house. So, you know, that's kind of what that looks like today. I no longer have the craving to drink alcohol. I I truly don't. So it's gone because I changed what I actually thought was a reward 
to, oh, this is actually a punishment. This has nothing to do with a reward. This is not rewarding at all. What I just described to you is actually quite rewarding. Sometimes I'll put in uh, my AirPods and just listen to a quick podcast or finish up a podcast or put some music on. You know, like there's all sorts of ways that we can choose to find new reward systems. And that's what I want to encourage you to do is to find new reward systems. Sometimes they might be other what I would call numbing behaviors. Brooke Castillo always calls them buffering behaviors, whatever you want to call them. It's our way to just try to ignore the current space that we're in. Sometimes TV is that for me. Like I said, sometimes social media is that for me. I can think of a lot more dangerous things to do from a numbing perspective than those two things. Um, Exercise can be that. That's maybe a more positive way to do it. Of course, we can get into over-exercising. That can become, you know, a numbing habit as well. But, you know, I want you to think about that. It's like, okay, like, let's not worry about getting rid of all of our numbing habits. We all have them. We all, you know, do these things. Let's focus in on some healthier versions of of uh, numbing habit uh, versus alcohol. So that's what I would encourage you to do is kind of find those new reward systems. Yes, old habits die hard. And I do think that it's hard work and we have to be intentional with it every single day in order to come out the other side with different reward systems, but it's possible. It is not impossible. I would not consider myself somebody that is just naturally consistent, like can just naturally stay consistent with things, especially if I don't really want to do them. So that's been a huge learning for me. I really actually want to exercise because it makes me feel good. (laughs) So I exercise. I actually want to put good things in my body because it makes me feel good. It feels like loving myself to put good things in my body. So those are things I really want to do. And I design something that works for me, that feels good for me, that I'm not bored with, that feels like love. So that's another part of this is asking yourself, what is an actual reward to me? And you can usually get there by asking yourself with like this thing I'm doing right now, does this feel like love to me right now? Sometimes scrolling social media absolutely feels like love to me. I laugh all the time at what people are doing on TikTok and Instagram and, you know, LinkedIn and all the places. I love, I mean, I really does feel like love to me because it brings me joy. And then there are other times it doesn't, you know. So ask yourself that question. Does it feel like love in a situation? You'll likely get to your more positive reward systems a little bit sooner. So let's break this habits. Yes, they die hard, but we can do hard things. And let's consider what that habit loop looks like and let's kind of just change it. You know, like it's just this constant loop that we get stuck in when we're over drinking and we can disrupt that for sure. We absolutely can. You're not a victim in this situation. You have all the power in the world to change this, but it's not going to be easy. We got to do the work. So If you have any ideas for podcast episodes, you know, there's really no shortage in my brain of ideas, but I would love to hear from you. So shoot me an email at rachel or rachelpritz.com and just say, I've got an idea. I want to hear about this subject or this is something that I'm struggling with or I've heard my friends all kind of talk about struggling with, with cutting back alcohol. I would love to hear about it. So have a wonderful week and we will be back next Wednesday. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded of new episodes. This is not intended to be medical advice. 
This is for gray area drinkers that are wanting to evaluate their relationship with alcohol and cut back or quit altogether. If alcohol isn't ruining your life, but it's certainly not making it any better, you're in the right place. <laughs>